Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of What the Dementia by Bamboo Care. I'm your host, Brianna Wilson. I'm a certified dementia practitioner and the founder of Bamboo Care. So today we're going to be talking about mirrors and dementia as it relates to self-recognition, okay? But first, let's do some quick housekeeping. So I just have two things for you, okay? So one, since it is a new month, we do have two new free resources coming your way. However, many of you don't know, but I did go on a little vacation, and so I'm getting back into things and playing a little bit of catch-up. So they should be up by the end of this week. It'll be a weekly planner and an e-packet outlining adaptive tools for eating for persons living with dementia. So be sure to check letsbamboo.com resources by like week's end, okay? Also, our With Intent Masterclass is available for enrollment at letsbamboo.com slash masterclass and is expected to officially launch September 26th. So if you aren't sure what I'm talking about, the With Intent Masterclass is a comprehensive course with nine self-paced modules that was created to complement our Dementia Care book, With Intent, a practical guide to navigating behaviors along the dementia care journey, which you will have special digital access to as a part of the masterclass. So if you don't own a physical copy, no worries, you will have access in the masterclass, okay? So if you're interested in enrolling, you can enroll or learn more at letsbamboo.com masterclass, okay? But the links will be in the podcast notes for both the resources and the masterclass. So let's get into the topic at hand, okay? Mirrors and dementia. Now there's a lot of talk about whether or not mirrors are bad for people living with dementia. And what I've found is that it really just depends on the person. So what we usually see is a little bit of everything. There will be some people living with dementia that will find the mirror really distressing. And this can be for a variety of reasons, which we will dig into a little bit more in just a minute. For others, it can be a positive experience where the person will actually form a bond with the person in the mirror. For others, it may start out as a positive experience and then turn negative over time. And then for others, mirrors really have no effect. Either they actually still recognize themselves as the person in the mirror, or even if they don't, they just don't care. They're just kind of indifferent about it, okay? So what I want to do is give you some background into what's going on with this whole mirror situation. So there's actually a couple of names for it. You may hear mirror phenomenon, mirror agnosia, or mirror image agnosia, mirror sign, or mirrored self-misidentification. These terms are all basically talking about the same thing, though there can be like slight differences in how they're sometimes used, okay? Now to keep it simple, I'm just going to refer to it as mirrored self-misidentification because it's the most clear phrase that I think will keep us on the same page, okay? So mirrored self-misidentification is when a person is unable to recognize their reflection in a mirror and believe that their reflection is instead another person, like a stranger, relative, or friend, basically anybody other than them. 
And I want to be clear that this doesn't happen with just mirrors. It can happen with really any reflective surface, which I'll share a couple of stories in this podcast episode towards the end, okay? Now, this is not a phenomenon experienced by every person living with dementia. It's actually considered quite rare if we look at like the entire dementia population. But in my experience, it does happen quite a bit, which is why I wanted to talk about it. But statistically, which if you've been following the podcast for a while, you know how I feel about statistics because you can look at two different sources and they will say two different things. And so just take from it what you will, okay? But statistically speaking, only about 2 to 10% of people living with Alzheimer's disease specifically will experience mirrored self-misidentification. But it's not just limited to people with Alzheimer's disease. The other type of dementia that it's often seen in is Lewy body dementia. Not to say that it can't happen with other types of dementia. This is just where much of the research is right now, okay? Now, one of the cool, crazy things is that oftentimes with mirrored self-misidentification, the person typically retains the ability to recognize others' reflections in the mirror, just not their own. So for example, let's say that I had dementia and you were standing next to me in the mirror and I knew who you were. With mirrored self-misidentification, I would be able to tell that it's you I see in the mirror and I would also know that you are standing right next to me, but I wouldn't be able to put two and two together that I'm standing next to you in real life So the person I see standing next to you in the mirror is also me. Does that make sense? So we are going to talk about the role that the brain plays in all of this, but I want to take it a different direction first, okay? So let's think about this. How do we know what we look like? How do we receive that information? I really want you to think about this for a second, okay? Because when I look at myself, I can see the whole front of my body and even parts of the sides a little bit, okay? A little bit of the back of my legs if I twist enough, but I can't see my neck, my face, my ears, my hair, unless, you know, it's the part that's hanging down, right? None of that. I can't see my back at all. So how do I know what these parts of me look like? Well, we receive information from pictures and from the mirror, right? But how do you know that the person you see in the mirror or the photo is you? We just have to trust our visual interpretation of this information, right? And if you've ever stared in the mirror long enough, things can get pretty weird. And if you haven't tried it, I'd recommend you stare yourself down in the mirror at least once just to take note of how it makes you feel, okay? Because I've done it. Don't ask why. I'm kind of weird. I told you guys this before. But it's it can get weird if you stare long enough. So try it out. And if you want, you can email me and let me know how that goes, okay? Now, have you ever also looked at a photo of like a group of babies? I mean, real young babies. And you know you're in the photo because maybe your parents told you you were. But then you thought, huh, 
Is that me or is that me? I don't know which one is me. I'll have to ask. I've had that experience. I mean, my early, early photos don't look anything like me, in my opinion. And so similarly, the opposite can happen, where a person living with dementia can believe they are much younger and they don't recognize themselves as this older person that they now are. Just like I don't recognize myself as that younger, super young version of myself, right? Now, interestingly enough, humans can recognize themselves in the mirror starting around 18 to 24 months old. So this is something we learn pretty early on, but we actually learn how to recognize the face of other people much sooner, like around two to four months old. And so that very early skill seems to be retained to some degree, even with dementia, at least in the sense of them being able to recognize if a face is familiar or unfamiliar in some way. So let's talk about what researchers think is happening in the brain. Again, it's research, which is like this constant process of discovery and unfolding. We think it's one thing today and we find out it's potentially something else tomorrow, okay? So right now, we think it's related to right hemisphere dysfunction. So what they found is that when the right hemisphere of the brain is damaged in any way, a person will most likely lose the ability to recognize one's face, which of course is an important component of self-recognition. Now, knowing that it's the right hemisphere kind of narrows it down a little bit, but not by much, right? And so they really haven't been able to identify like one specific area of the brain that is being impaired that supports self-cognition and self-awareness because the patients in their studies have not had consistent neuropsychological or neuroimaging findings for like a localization of lesions. So long story short, we have some ideas, but we aren't too sure exactly what specific damage causes this, okay? But some research has linked to impairments of the right dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, which impacts a person's belief evaluation system, meaning that a person will be unable to logically reject a delusional belief, which has a lot of impacts, right? But in the context of this podcast episode, they would be unable to reject the belief that the person in the mirror is a thief or a stranger, a friend, a neighbor, etc., Now, mirrored self-misidentification can happen at any stage of dementia, but it seems to be most common in those with like moderate to severe dementia, okay? So what I want to do is share two quick stories of what this phenomenon can look like, okay? So the first story is an excerpt shared by a woman named Krista back in 2019 on the Lewy Body Dementia Association website. So it reads... It began with him talking to himself in the mirror. He made himself laugh, and we thought as long as he was happy, we were good. Many mornings when mom would call him for breakfast, he would be busy talking to the man in the mirror. She would come into the bathroom and firmly tell him it was time for breakfast, and she already called him a few times. Come now, she would say. He would look at the man in the mirror and say stuff like, that's the witch. 
or she was drunk last night, and would laugh heartily. Before long, the friend in the mirror would become his enemy. The mid-afternoon would come, and the man in the mirror would tell my dad that he was going to take his car, his house, his wife. He would say, it's mine. He would talk for hours each day to the guy in the mirror, sometimes laughing, sometimes yelling. The guy in the mirror eventually turned to friends in the back seat of the car, ghosts on the wall, robbers in the basement. Anything where he saw a reflection, he would start chatting with the person he saw. He could identify that his daughter was standing next to the man in the mirror, but could not understand that his daughter was also standing next to him and that it was a reflection. There was no reasoning. So there's one story, okay? The next story is an excerpt shared by a woman named Lickety back in 2018 from the Alzheimer's.org UK website. It reads, Several times an evening, I'll see mom in conversation with her friend. Then she'll open the door only to find the mirror lady has disappeared, replaced by quite a nice selection of clean towels and sheets. The mirror lady shows up everywhere. We find her in department stores, restaurants, all bathrooms, anywhere there is a reflective surface. Mom always gives the mirror lady a wave and a smile as if to say, hello, I'm happy to see you again. Other people in the vicinity are perplexed or amused. Okay, so I just wanted to share these two stories with you so that you could have a realistic idea of what this can look like, especially if you have not yet experienced this with your partner. I will link the full stories in the description box as well as a video, okay? Now, a big question is, since people with dementia can have issues with mirrors, should you always just remove any mirrors that the person would have access to? And some people will say yes, but my answer is no, okay? This is only necessary if you notice your specific partner has issues with mirrors or their reflection. If it's not distressing to them, if they actually find joy in communicating or interacting with this person in the mirror, then there's no reason to intervene. But if it is causing issues, if it is distressing, then yes, you do want to do something about it, okay? So to wrap up this podcast episode, I wanted to give you a few quick tips if your partner is someone who finds mirrors or reflections distressing. So the biggest tip is to remove or cover up any mirrors and reduce reflective services. So with mirrors, you can use something like roller shades over the mirror, which are those shades that roll down and then you can roll them back up. Or you can use a short curtain that you can open and close. That way the mirror can be accessible to people in the household who need them and like them. You can also add like adhesive to fabric and cover the mirror. Or you can use adhesive contact paper, which can work really well for like reflective tabletops or mirrored closet doors. But you could also just use like a tablecloth or curtain, right? If it's something like a dresser with a mirror, then you can throw a blanket over it. It's really about design preference and what you have on hand or want to use. Okay, just don't get too fancy with the designs because they can be confusing for people living with dementia and cause misperceptions. 
You want to keep it simple and solid if you can. And you want to try to avoid dark colors like black or navy that could be potentially perceived as a huge black hole because that can be kind of scary, okay? You also want to try to avoid surfaces that are like glass, mirror, polished metals, marble, or anything that uses like high gloss paints, okay? Basically, anything that is high glare, you want to avoid, okay? Matte type of surfaces are typically better. Now, the area of the house that mirrors can be most problematic is the bathroom and can sometimes be a reason why a person living with dementia doesn't feel comfortable using the bathroom or showering. Could you imagine walking into the bathroom and seeing a person looking right at you? And when you ask them to leave, they're just staring you down. That's pretty creepy, right? I mean, unless you're just into that kind of thing, which, hey, to each his own, it's pretty creepy, okay? And so that's just something I want you to keep in mind, okay? So that's just a quick rundown of mirrors and dementia as it relates to self-recognition. Hopefully you found this podcast episode interesting and informative. Don't forget to join us in the With Intent Masterclass at letsbamboo.com slash masterclass. Also, feel free to join Bamboo Care's free support community, Bamboo Care Champions, at letsbamboo.com slash champions. Again, all the links are in the podcast notes. If anyone has any questions, comments, or future podcast requests, you can always send us an email at podcast@whatthedementia.com. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of What the Dementia by Bamboo Care. We look forward to catching you on the next episode. Take care, and until next time, stay strong care on, and remember, you are not alone. Bamboo Care is always here.